So we're on to health sector secrets and specifically, how do you apply these health sector secrets to create a solution that your ideal customer not only wants and needs, but actually uses, gets results. And after all, unless they get results, it's not going to help your business grow in any way. They need to get results so that you can grow in a sustainable and potentially viral way, an exponential way through this organic word of mouth referrals. Now, time and again, I've seen many entrepreneurs, many businesses come up with apparently fantastic solutions, yet they have no chance or limited chance of actually being adopted and then being scaled by the health sector. So what I wanna to cover today are four secrets. And each of them may seem simple. Some of them are a bit harder and they take a bit more time, but they're really vital. So hear me out. The very first one is an easy one. What, who specifically do you want to help? This can be very easy, but hard to answer. Most people think very broad terms, but really you need to be as specific as possible. Who is this specific group? Is it an age range? Is it a particular group of the population that have a certain job or a certain risk factor or a certain disease? Where are they? Be very clear on who they are, where they live, what they do, for example. And this is going to be important as you grow your business, because you don't want to just create a business with one solution to a problem, but you want to serve this community by then adding additional value, solving more of their problems over time by growing your business through more products, more services, before you then go on to new markets. Now, step two or secret number two is something that is well established in health systems when they want to assess needs and then bring new services to market. And this is going to be critical if you want to make sure you get adoption and scale of your product and service. So this is something called the health needs assessment. And there's three main parts. Now, it's going to give you a better sense of not only the problem you want to solve, but where does that lie in all the other problems that your ideal customers are facing? And it's a true assessment of need. And there's three components of need, by the way. The first one is what people feel that they may need, right? So they may either feel it or indeed sometimes they don't know that they feel it. But hear me out. One is, okay, I feel pain. I have a need for a doctor, a painkiller. The second one is I may have that pain. I feel it, but I don't ask for help. So the second one is expressed need or demand, essentially. And then some of those may actually turn into action and attend health services or buy painkillers, for example. Now, all of those are subjective. However, there's an objective form of assessing need as well, which is called a normative needs assessment. And it's really based off several factors, which I'm going to come on to now, is what does a population that looks like this with these characteristics actually need? So for this, we need to look at what we call epidemiology or what are the distribution of diseases, conditions, risk factors, and wider determinants, and what are the potential causes between the relationships between various factors at play? So first of all, start by describing the outcome of interest. For example, what proportion of people are affected by heart disease or lung disease? Then you want to go to the immediate risk factors. You know, what proportion of people are affected by whatever risk factor there is, like obesity, smoking. And for both of these, you want to describe things in three ways. How things are changing over time, 
how things vary between different population groups geographically, but also who specifically is affected. Maybe you might care about men over the age of 40, but who is it within this age group that's particularly at risk, for example, or particularly affected? So once you've got the outcomes well described, you've got the risk factors well described, and these are well-established risk factors for that outcome, you also want to look at um, determinants. So there's wider determinants. For example, with heart disease, they may be suffering from heart disease. I mean, specifically, what kind of heart disease we're talking about is another question. They may be smokers, but what's the underlying reason that they're smokers? Is it stress at home? Is it stress at work? Is it unemployment? Is it just addiction, maybe it's an early life experience, an adverse childhood experience that led them here. So you really need to understand that. Now, once we understand more about the condition and the problem, we then look at the services that are in existence there that are being um, introduced to this population to help resolve that problem. So for example, there, how many clinics are there? And for this, it's good to compare what do evidence-based guidelines tell you you need to deliver for a community that looks like this, that has this level of disease and risk factors at play? And then you can get a feel for, okay, these are what the guidelines tell us that are evidence-based ways of addressing these problems. We get a feel for how well are they working? What are the people's opinions about this? Are they actually, is there anything missing? Are there any of the needs that are unmet? Where are the gaps? Because this is where comes your opportunity. So as I said, for health needs assessment, there's three elements. That first one is quite complicated, but I've just described it there as describing the epidemiology. The next one is called a, sorry, a comparative risk assessment or needs assessment. And for this one, we're essentially comparing health services for this population that you're interested in compared to health services that are delivered to other similar populations. What's different? Can we learn anything from that other population? Or indeed, we may be interested in a particular problem that our population are uh, affected by, and we compare how this problem is addressed here compared to elsewhere, or that same intervention, how is it delivered here with elsewhere? And again, the whole purpose here is to learn from each other, learn the mistakes that people are working, improve those and learn from um, best practice as well. So we're still on health needs assessment. There's three components. There's the epidemiology, there's the comparative uh, needs assessment. And then the, I would say one of the most important features is called the corporate needs assessment. For this one, we know what our community needs from the evidence. We've compared it with different uh, ways that it's delivered elsewhere. However, now it's important to ask local partners, local stakeholders, what do they actually think? What is their opinion? You know, first you need to analyze who the stakeholders are for your uh, area of interest. You know, who's uh, got skin in the game? Who's affected by this problem? Who could influence this problem? Who's interested in this problem? These are people you need to be aware of and capture their views, their perspectives and consult with them. So, so far we've talked about who you wanna help and then we've done a health needs assessment to understand what their needs are. The third secret is co-creation. This is critical. You know, you need to take those stakeholders that you just identified, including the people that are affected by the problem and have them walk with you in co-creating the product that you want to bring to market, especially the front end. They may not care about the technology behind the scenes, 
but they really do need to know how they're going to be using this product. So help them to co-create it with you. And the fourth secret here in the health sector is taking those same people and empowering them. You want champions that not only help you to spread the word and help you scale, but you want them to help you generate the evidence, you know, to collect the evidence, capture the evidence on an ongoing basis to show how things work, but also how things could be improved on an ongoing basis. So that's four secrets there. And I hope, uh, you know, we've covered a lot, but I hope uh, they're helpful. What I want you to do now is just grab a piece of paper and just put a strategy in place, steps you're going to put to play so that you can implement each of these four steps as you go forward. Just have a strategy in place with a timeline. Now, through this approach, what you're going to have is a better idea of what solutions your ideal customers will actually value and they need. So bear in mind, not every idea that's great for the health sector is actually a great business idea. So in the next secret, secret number four, I'm going to show you how to create a scalable and investable business that's set up for success.